Hello again, friends. This is Mike. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about someone called St. Padre Pio. He's a Catholic saint, but I want to explain to you why I want to discuss him. Primarily, it's because he had something called the stigmata, which is having the wounds of Christ on your body. Uh, it led me to a whole bunch of questions, and that's what I want to talk about. Here we go. Hello again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where it's my goal to help you with questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul, and particularly to help other left brain types like I think I am, ask the right questions in our search for a deeper meaning to life. Ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. Let's talk about today's adventure. So St. Padre Pio is a Catholic saint. He was never on my radar until, you know, around 1900, uh, around 2000 or so. Uh, he was born in 1887. He died in 1968. He didn't become a saint until he was beatified, which is the first step in the process. Uh, beatified in about 1999. I think he was canonized, made a saint in 2002. So I, I had never known about him growing up and had never thought much about him. But in the early 2000s, after he was made a saint... I happened to be uh, driving across South Jersey, and at the time, I was going through a very difficult and challenging period in my life, uh, significant issues, and I was uh, I was really upset, but I was coming across Route 40 across South Jersey, and there was a shrine uh, in the middle of nowhere that was right there on Route 40, built St. Padre Pio, and I stopped and stop to pray there. There was a number of people parked as an outdoor thing and prayed. And I, I have the occasion to go back and forth a couple times over the next few weeks and stopped and prayed there. Now, I didn't pray to St. Padre Pio. Uh, I prayed for his intercession with the problems that I was having. And I have to say that the things I had prayed for actually worked out the way I was praying for them. So whether that was through the intercession of St. Padre Pio, or manifestation, or whatever. At the time, I was convinced, of course, it was St. Padre Pio. Uh, they worked out. But that, that's how I became acquainted with Padre Pio. Now, he's most famous for, uh, you know, one of the reasons he was canonized, in order to get canonized in the Catholic Church, you have to, uh, you know, do a certain, I think it's two miracles, maybe three, I'm not sure. But they, they have miracles that he did. But he's most famous for the stigmata. Now, the stigmata is when the, the wounds of Jesus Christ appear on your body. And I think Padre Pio was in his 30s, like 1918 or so, uh, when he started receiving th these on his body. And they bled for his whole life. Uh, apparently, they stopped bleeding right before he died. But they bled for his whole life, and he had them on his, uh, certainly on his palms. I'm not sure where else. But, but there's pictures I've seen, videos of him where he's walking and he's wearing gloves because they were bleeding all the time. That certainly led to the air of uh, mysticism to him. Um, that I kind of always just accepted as, you know, God looking down or Jesus Christ looking down and saying, boom, you're my guy, here's the stigmata, you know, and, and it was something that, something that maybe people don't want, but he, he apparently got it when he was in a religious trance and deeply religious, and, and that's how I received them. 
Uh, I met a guy a couple of years ago, now a friend of mine, and when we first met, you know, we would meet and talk, and we got in spiritual things, and he said, you know, when I was younger, I had the stigmata, and I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> he said, I had the I had the stigmata on my hands, and he said I would I would pray and meditate, and these things would appear in my hands, and uh, he said it happened for a couple of years, um, and I thought that was weird, you know, but he seemed pretty normal, and. Uh, so that's been my only experience with some somebody who's had the stigmata. So I know a little bit about the Padre Pio, but I, I went and want to read more about this. And I've been reading a book. I've mentioned this in other podcasts. It's called Irreducible Mind. And it's by a married couple, Edward Kelly and Emily Williams Kelly. They're both doctors of something at the University of Virginia, UVA, in Charlottesville. And at UVA, they have this parapsychology department, and it's apparently well-known, chock full of eggheads that study this stuff. And they wrote this book. They wrote a number of books, honestly, and I've seen some YouTube videos by them. And I'm surprised that a mainstream university like this has a department that studies this crazy woo-woo stuff, uh, stuff I would have thought was crazy. But they take it super seriously, and they wrote this book, and it has, like, uh, I'm looking at it now, <laughs> almost 800 pages. 792, 800 pages. This thing is an encyclopedia. It's published in uh, 2007, and it goes through a lot of the the things that you know you would think were weird, or I used to think were weird. And their conclusion is, is pretty surprising. And I'll mention that I mention that at the end here. But one of the things they say at the beginning of the book, and which really appealed to me as a left brainer type, is just one sentence I'll read to you in the introduction. It says, our efforts in this book will be amply rewarded if they lead scientifically-minded readers to take these subjects more seriously than they otherwise might. And they go through everything in this book. They go through reincarnation and children with memories of previous lives and paranormal psychology and uh, stigmata, of course, and all kinds of things, mediums, psychics, all kinds of things that they try and explain from a scientific point of view and it's really, uh, it's really interesting. Well, interesting to me anyway. It's hard to wade through this whole book. But it mentioned two people in this thing that I think are pretty significant. One is a gentleman named William James. And William James is an Englishman, but he's really famous for, he was born in the 19th century. But he wrote a book called Principles of Psychology, which was published in 1890. So Principles of Psychology was one of the main things. And the other guy they mentioned is... Friedrich Wilhelm Henry Myers, otherwise known as F.W.H. Myers. Myers was a significant figure in the field of cyclical, uh, psychical research in the late uh, 18th and early 20th centuries. He was the one of the founding members of the Society for Psychical Research in England, which is well known. It had a lot of, uh, of woo-woo people that were involved in that. And one of his best-known works is something called Human Personality, and its survival of bodily death. Now, here's what's cool about this. James and Myers were 1800s, right? They wrote this book, and in their many books and papers that they wrote, very carefully examined by the Kellys in their book, they talk about something called the sublimable sublimable mind. (laughs) I'm sure I got that wrong. But it's about this super type of consciousness that we're all tapped into, that survives bodily death, and that 
exists that we we kind of tap into for this life, and then we come back and we tap into it again. That concept was, of course, revolutionary for its time in the 1800s, and that's why all these people, a lot of them were considered complete nut jobs. And then throughout the early 19th century, the 20th century, there were a lot of people um, that dismissed all that. And there's the mainstream of academic work, I suppose, and the way they look at people now is that our, our mind is, is, is creating all this. Our mind creates near-death experiences. Our mind creates the stigmata. Our mind creates this stuff. <clears throat> and... Kelly's took objection to that, and to save you the the cost of buying this sixty dollar book, um, at the end they conclude that there is something else that, that they believe is going on uh, beyond death, beyond this current experience of life that we're having. They can't explain it any more than anybody else can, but there's too much out there that explains this. One of the things, getting back to stigmata, that I thought was interesting. So Padre Pio had the stigmata on the palms of his hands, right? They have hundreds of examples of people that have stigmata, much of it well-documented, well-researched. And people appear to get the stigmata where they think the, the wounds were on Jesus Christ, where they think. So Padre Pio had them in the palms of hands. There's other people that documented where they had the stigmata appear on their wrists because it, in their experience with Jesus Christ and his crucifixion, they understood that the nails were driven through the wrists of Jesus Christ on the cross. There's other people that have stigmata that resembles rope burns on their arms because they believe that Jesus Christ was tied to the cross. There's people that have the stigmata on their uh, their side of their body, um, their chest. You know, Jesus was apparently stabbed with a spear by a Roman soldier while he was hanging on the cross. Some pictures depict that on the right side. Some pictures depict that on the left side. And again, it happens to people where they think it happened. Also, the stigmata appears to happen to people who are Christian and primarily Catholic. I mean, as far as I know, there are no examples of the stigmata outside of uh, the Christian religion and Catholicism. I've done a little bit of research. Maybe there's, I'm sure there's smarter people than me out there that uh, can research this. But it appears to be limited to people that believe in Jesus Christ and in Christianity and the cross and the wounds of Jesus Christ. So the stigmata is apparently just a Christian thing, you know, that if it was a, a symbol of one's holiness or one being closer to God, one might think that it would be bestowed upon other people that are certainly holy, but maybe not Christian. So just another data point. As I thought about this and, and, you know, read about this. The Kellys are not saying that it's it's nonsense or wrong. They they believe that it really is something that happens from this uh, this larger consciousness, but it happens based upon what you believe how it happened. Right? It's not God or Jesus Christ sitting on the throne and saying, "Here, you got the stigmata." You think if that was the way, they would give it to the right way, right? They would they would give you the stigmata the way it actually happened. Uh, if, if, if the stigmata represented what really happened to Jesus Christ on the cross, then if you were gifted with that, I'm using quotation marks, if you were gifted with the stigmata to indicate your, your piousness or your, your holiness, that you would, you would get the, the real deal, right? You'd get them in the right place. So that apparently does not happen. 
Now, that's not, that doesn't take away from anything that happened to St. Padre Pio, and I'm not criticizing him. I, I believe he was certainly a holy person and, and tapped into uh, that super consciousness. Uh, but my opinion of the stigmata is is different now, I guess, than it was certainly when I was growing up, and uh, and and certainly than it was different than it was maybe even you know five or six years ago. I believe that there is something, just like the Kellys believe, that there's something that uh, is super. They don't use the term supernormal. They use more uh, more technical language, scientific like egghead language that has a lot of PSYs in it. So some type of psychological thing that happens when you tap into this super consciousness, but there it does exist. It is there. And so to summarize this, uh, I would say that I certainly believe that St. Padre Pio is a holy man, just like many of us, but is he closer to God than you or me? Uh, does he have a... a did he have a different route or a special pipeline to God because uh, he had the stigmata? I don't believe that anymore. Um, there's some video I've seen of, of people around him from the '60s where they're just, you know, kissing the hem of his garment and, you know, they're they're handing out uh, relics, if you will, not relics, but but stuff that he's touched to, to people and they're going crazy over it. Um, you know, when I was in, uh, I was in Lebanon recently, and uh, at a site of another saint, Saint Charbel, he's revered by the Lebanese, and uh, Saint Charbel, I don't think he had the stigmata, but I went to visit the place where he was a monk, and you know, there you get oil. They have it on cotton in these little balls of oil in plastic bags, and uh, they distribute that like uh, something special to hold and to treasure. Uh, and I have I have that, so I, I don't know I don't know if that stuff is is uh, helps at all. I think it helps people mentally, you know, think that something special is happening. But I I don't think that the stigmata is something that is uh, ordained or sent by God or Jesus Christ uh, to a specific person to indicate their level of holiness. I think that it's something that your mind can make happen uh, if you go into an ecstatic state of religious religious fervor uh, and that's how you can get these kind of things and it's been demonstrated again tons of examples in this book of people having things happen to them things like boils on their arm or burns on their arm because they were told that uh, you know that they had touched a hot iron or something and people literally have boils and stuff appear in their body there's there's people that have uh, body writing it's called where the capillaries in their arms actually somehow change underneath their skin and write words. Uh, I'd never heard of that until I read this book, but it happens and they can't explain it, but they believe that it's, it's some type of way that, uh, you know, what, what could cause that to happen to, to cause capillaries to rearrange themselves to form writing. Um, they, they even discuss something as simple as being healed from warts, you know, and, and all of the scientific and stuff that need, that would take place to make a person's wart disappear in your hand, it's a virus, right? And so it, it takes all kinds of special stuff to happen. So for somebody to actually heal a person of warts, um, what causes that? There's got to be something else that's making all that happen um, or causing the body's cells to rearrange themselves to do that kind of thing. Um, they, and they believe it's this extra uh, outside of the body or outside of the mind power that causes that to happen. 
So just to wrap this up, I appreciate you listening. I, I, I just got stuck in this whole stigmata thing because, because I had to talk to somebody that said he had it, and I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, uh, of Padre Pio, and I think he certainly was a holy person, a holy man, <clears throat> and, uh, uh, and he unquestionably had the stigmata, but how you get it is still a big mystery to me and will remain so probably. That wraps up things for uh, today's discussion. I hope that gave you some food for thought. I'm going to put the the Irreducible Mind book in the show notes. If any of you are uh, really crazy and want to want to read this, again, for, for me, parts of it are fascinating, and the, the conclusions they come to as scientists are, are pretty amazing. Plus, the examples are pretty cool. Some of the uh, things they talk about. But thank you for listening. Uh, if you can hit the subscribe button, that'd be awesome. Or leave a review, that'd be even better. I know it takes a moment, but thank you for doing it, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.